You're listening to the Bag of Pucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. <clears throat> you got COVID there, also? Never. I have been practicing good hygiene and social distancing. That includes me washing my hands and using soap when I wash my hands. What song do you sing when you wash your hands? I sing happy birthday just because it makes me feel happy because it reminds me of such good times when I sing happy birthday to my friends like Jeffrey. Well, we, well I'll sing it to you next week when it is your birthday. Don't dox me, Jeffrey. Well, I'll sing happy birthday next week when we record. I think we're recording on your birthday, so uh, we'll sing happy birthday. Please don't share my personal information like that, Jeffrey. Private. Well, I mean, by the time, whenever we record, plus however long it takes to edit, you know, people still won't know when your birthday is. They'll know the general area, but they won't actually know when your birthday is. Can't risk that. Well, it's an early, early happy birthday then. We don't know what day it is. Maybe we won't record next week. And then people won't know when your actual birthday is. Stop logicking me and let's get to our main topic. What's our main topic, Jeffrey? <laughs> well, t- today we're going to finish up our series of compliance buyouts. You know, we've done the Central, we've done the Pacific, and we've done the Atlantic already. So I think we have to finish off with the Metro Division today. Well, Jeffrey, I just want to point out before we start, I prepped. Did you? Yeah, I did. Well, did you do? Uh, well, I, I we we know like not every team needs to, but were there any teams that you did um, do prep on two players, or did all the? I other, all the tried my best, but there were teams where I'm just like I really couldn't figure them out. Okay, well, I mean, it's always a discussion with this podcast, right? Like, we're not here to just be like only one of our opinions. We're all here both our opinions, so I'm sure we'll have some uh, some good debate about the prep that we talked about with this Metro division. And, you know, I think there's definitely some, not some great deals on some of these teams that, you know, there could be some compliance buyouts if they do happen. So I also start with the one that I really had trouble doing, coming with. Carolina okay. Hurricanes are surprisingly well put together. Uh, is it maybe just that not a lot of people wanted to stay in Carolina for a while, so they didn't really... Yo, I don't really care. Jump. For the sake of this exercise, well, their cap is not bad. Um, There is one name maybe I'm a little bit more iffy of. I don't know about you, but Jake the Snake? Jake I mean, the Snake. Jake Gardner. You know, I mean... But, like, I'd say as a $4 million player... You know, look at the production coming out of there. I mean, sure, it's a down-ish year, but it's your first year of a deal. One first year that wasn't so great, and then you look at taking if you take him out. Yes, you're not looking the issue with left, right, D, and maybe there's a guy or two who can probably replace him. But it's the first year of a deal. I'm, you're not buying that out, are you? Um. Maybe I think I'm just maybe a little bit more worried now that they got Brady Shea at the deadline. You know, going for that playoff push that might not ever happen. But to me, I look at it and I'm thinking, like, you've got Slavin and Shea set on your left side. Is it worth paying basically a power play specialist who's going to play third line minutes, protected minutes, $4 million? With the modified no trade clause for the next three years, um, like I agree with you, like they don't really need to, you know, like they're they're in good cap standing, but if they wanted to improve their team, I could see Jake Gardner's contract being not a liability but an obstacle if they wanted to make a big move. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, like honestly, I think the issue is it's. The first year, totally new system, you know, new group player. And there is a bit of a transition period for for a guy who's never played for another team. Not willing to write it off on a one year. I mean, if, okay, if it was the second year and it's still similar results, then yes, 
that's different. But first year, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, I guess. I just, I just worry a little bit, right? Like, if they are intent on re-signing Dougie Hamilton, the Gardner contract does look like a little... Um, it could provide like a roadblock to re-signing Dougie Hamilton, in my opinion. But I do agree with you. It doesn't really look like there's really any contracts on Carolina that really need to be bought out. And, you know, they've, they've got a pretty solid team. Like, for the next one or two years, this doesn't look too bad um, under cap right now. Mm. Yeah. No, I can live with that. Yeah. All right. Um, so besides that, though, next. do you see anyone else? I don't see anyone else besides that, honestly. I look at this. Honestly, like, I agree with you. Like, Jake Gardner is like a, you can or you don't need to. But honestly, like, I look at their team. They're pretty well set defensively. Their forward core is locked up to reasonable contracts. Maybe looking to need a rider because he's having a down season. But, I mean, he's still young, entering his prime. It could be just a down season for him, too, as well. So, I think there's a lot of rebound potential with some of these um, players that may look like they're not producing a lot this year. But I think that there's nothing that's unreasonable over in Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll go from what I see is the best to one of the – I don't know if it's the worst, but one of the weaker ones for sure. The Islanders. Uh I, the Islanders, they're, they're kind of like the Vancouver East in the sense that they signed all these third line, fourth line guys to $3 million contracts yeah. for a while. And I don't know. There, there's definitely some contracts, you know, they could, you know, look at getting rid of. But, I mean, it's also like they're not really overpaying anyone just They're yet, not paying mind. overpaying anyone? The Islanders? Well, okay, they've got a couple, but I'm You're telling me like, they're not overpaying Andrew Ladd, who ha- who has three more years at five and a half to play in the AHL, where he's gotten 14 points in 34 games and a minus 11. Well, I wouldn't call it overpaying. I just say he's... <laughs> Andrew but Ladd. no, I agree with you. Are you I, no, no. What I was saying was, like, they're not... They hadn't, hadn't really been paying, like, a big-ass contract to any player. And what? with um, Barzell coming up... Yes, they're going to need to. You're telling me Andrew Ladd is not overpaid. I'm saying if he wasn't injured, he wouldn't be overpaid. I'm sorry. He's played two games in the NHL this season. Yeah, because he's been injured for so much. And he's he's been playing, the same player. I'm sorry. He's playing most of his games in the AHL. I you know, know that, right? He played four games in the NHL this year, 34 in the AHL. How about you calm your shit down? Can you get Andrew say, Ladd at five and is not saying, overpaid? I was saying that they aren't really like paying a lot of money to like one player, but they've got a lot of these middling contracts, and I'm saying Andrew Ladd's part of that group. You're saying Andrew Ladd at five and a half is not paying a bunch of money. No, I'm saying that it is a lot of money. I'm, I said they weren't paying any of their big guys a lot of money. So is Andrew Ladd a compliance battle for you? Yes. Okay, thank God. I thought you were going to be like, no, he's a well-paid player. And I'd be like, you lost your damn mind, kid. One goal. No. Well, goal I, I think there's definitely, like like Vancouver, right? They've got more than a couple that, you know, sensibly they could buy out. Um, I look at guys like Cal Clutterbuck as well. Maybe a Leo Komarov. And uh, I know John, probably, Johnny Boychuk. Johnny Boychuk as well, yeah. So they, they've, got a, they've got a couple of, you know, not depth pieces, but people that play lower, um, closer to the bottom of the lineup that are being paid significant salaries. So, so who's your compliance buyouts for this? To what that? I I think Lad is uh, a definite yes oh, to me. God, why? Do you think I was going to be shit the server and say? Uh, I thought you were going to be like, no, he's like leadership, man, leadership. Oh. No, not really. But and I, I do think you're right in saying Johnny Boychuk as well. Like six million is a lot. He is thirty six. He's getting up there. Two more years. Yeah. Unless he's gonna retire. I don't think he will, but like 
definitely like I want to see Ryan Pulak play a more like a bigger role on the defensive end, and with guys like Noah Dobson coming up as well, I think you want to open up a little bit more ice, ice time on the right side there. So I think Johnny Boychuk and Andrew Ladd make the most sense, and then you reinvest that money into Matt Matt Barzell's next uh, contract. Okay, I was about to lose my freaking mind there for a sec. <laughs> Almost lost. My I'm mind not there. like you in that uh, I come up with a really, really, really bad take. These are but, bad. You know, my takes are never really, really bad. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think there's maybe. Uh, just try to look at your prep here. Is there anyone that you really took a hot take at? But you know, I think. I think in general, you know, sometimes you come up with these really hot takes and they just don't make, make a lot of sense, Allison. So sometimes I just have to fact check you, you know, give you a little bit of logic for you to understand why your um, opinion might just be incorrect. All right, let's go, let's go across the, let's go across New York, but stay in New York with the Rangers. So they, like, before this whole exercise thing, they're like, very bio happy, right? They bought they bought out Brad Richards, Dan Girardi, Ryan Spooner, and Kevin Shattenkirk, and they're paying Shattenkirk over six million next year on the cap. And for me, at two guys, I think one is pretty pretty obvious, Brendan Smith, four point three five, and he's kind of like a plugging guy. Where it's like, oh, who was injured? Injured on defense? I'll put him there. Offense? I'll put him on the fourth line, right wing. You don't really. Oh, I think he's a left forward. winger. Left winger, or my, but uh, you're winger, right? Winger and defense, and for four million, that's not really what you put a guy in there for, right? Like, that's like your, you know, your thirteenth forward or your seventh D, where it's just like we just couldn't get anyone up in time. So like, screw it, we'll put someone in, right? So I think that's a given. Second one, I get, I don't know, I, I think it'll be hard because he's a legacy guy. Um, I know your big thing is like you don't want to take out two defensemen, but I think. Brendan Smith. Eh, I think you can live with it. And I think the other concern is, like, for you, it's a leadership. You know, be big on leadership. And if you take out Mark Stahl, the most experienced defenseman is Jacob Truba. And I think, I don't know, Jeffrey might be having an issue with this, but for 15 to 17 points a year, 5.7 million, and a no-move clause. Like, don't get me wrong. I think usually my issue with older players is, like, they're not durable, and Marcel is durable. I'd say he's a little bit durable, but you are almost paying $6 million for a guy who's giving you 15 points a year. I know he's not an offensive superstar, but still, you're expecting a bit more out of that, right? Yeah, and you know what? Um, I am going to disagree with you, um, but not in the way you think. Um, I think definitely think Mark Stahl is a legacy player and you know he's only got one more year at 5.7 million and I do agree like you, you need someone on this team to play the tough minutes given all these young guys that they have that they're trying to develop into like a young core. Truba's not really having the greatest season this year either in New York um, which is <laughs> being paid 8 million for not a lot of production right now does not look great. Yeah. Um I think Brandon Smith is definitely your buyout candidate. But when you said legacy player, I was going to buy out uh, Henrik Lundqvist. No, okay, no. I I think he's reached the status where, like, I know there's a goalie, like, logjam up front. I get it, so it does make sense. But I think his legacy is so cemented there. I don't know if ownership gives the green light for that. To buy him out? Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if you give Henrik Lundqvist the option, hey, we're probably going to have to buy you out. Would you rather retire or be bought out? I think that's an option. I don't yeah, that's, that's a conversation. That's a conversation, but I don't know if ownership would let that ha- like let the buyout happen. I think there's definitely a conversation. I think that's a different conversation. That's a different thing. But... I'm not exactly sure if ownership's like gives green light. At the end of the day, green like ownership does have to give the green light for everything, right? Because they're still gonna pay the player. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if ownership will give the green light for that one. Not because they don't want to pay the player. I think just the backlash from there is enough to convince ownership to be like, I, I don't know. I think it's different with a player like Mark Stahl in the sense that he hasn't been as, I wouldn't say, I don't want to use the word important, but he hasn't been as impactful of a guy to the community in the sense Henrik Lundqvist has. Right, and when you think of Henrik yeah. Lundqvist, you think of New York Rangers, and yeah, that's true. Rightfully earned, and I think ownership would see that being like, "Hey, you know what? We really don't need that bad press." And I get it; like, it makes sense on a hockey standpoint. I just don't know if out off ice that would work. No, but I think that's why you look at. Lundquist and you have to I'm sure they've had this conversation already about like talking to Lundquist hey like given our current goalie situation there's a good chance you're not going to be playing a lot if we end up like even I think even the talk was even before if there aren't any compliance buyouts would New York still just use like just regularly buy out Henrik Lundquist as well I don't think they'd buy him out because I think it's he would just retire I know, so I think the talk, like, it'll probably be like, Lundqvist retires two years later, the Athletic does an exclusive, and it turns out that he was kind of pushed out from New York and forced to either retire or, buy, or be bought out. I think that's how the story's going to end, unfortunately, in New York. Like, I think, yeah, it's definitely not a money thing, it's more of a, like, a public image thing, but, like... You could go another season with a three goalie tandem. It just doesn't really make sense to me, and I think I'd be more preferable to keep Mark Stahl than buy him out. Yeah, if it's like if it's only one year, I think you bite the bullet and go with Henrik Lundqvist because like you look at New York, they're they're, they're everyone thought they were gonna tank for a couple of years, but you know they've really improved. I didn't realize Artemi Panarin was like what third overall in NHL scoring. Like, yep, did not realize that. And New York, they're they're kind of always like they weren't in the playoffs, but they were on that playoff bubble. But remember, like they just drafted second overall. Um, well, that was with the draft lottery, but like still, like this was a team that was supposed to be you know, not in contention for at least another two or three years. But here they are, already in the battling in the for a playoff spot. So. I could see New York trying to reinvest some money to keep improving their team. So I would think like Brendan Smith for sure, but Lundqvist could be the other option. All right. Um, and if you want to get really crazy, Lundqvist retires, for no, and then you also just buy out Stahl and Brendan Smith, and then you go ham and just try to buy everyone in free agency because you're in New York. People will be – well, I mean – with the pandemic, not maybe not a lot of people won't go to New York, but you know, there's still the 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 appeal of playing in the big big apple, right? Oh so. yeah, there's definitely an appeal playing for the Rangers. It's kind of just like you're playing for one of the most storied franchise franchises in the league and on yeah. a team that's also on the upswing. So like you and know, it's New York. Yeah, you know you're gonna kinda maybe not be great for the first year or two, but you know, it's it's gonna be better. You, like you'd rather be on the up and up than the than the other way, right? Yeah. So I think they can go crazy and just you know get rid of those three contracts through a mix of like retirements and buyouts, and then you know you're free to use that cap space. Well, it depends on how much cap space you'll have at the end of for the start of next season, and use that to improve your team. And with that being said, let's. Uh... Talk about our friends over at Anchor, shall we? And we are back. Let's go back. Let's go back to the last team in the tri-state area for the New Jersey Devils. For me, this player is one of the most popular players in the league. I think he's a great ambassador to the league. And um, it's a shame because he seems like a genuinely good person. But if you look at how he's done this season, not worth the $9 million. And that's P.K. Subban. 18 points. 
are people nice... just generally good though? Are we? Is the, if they're if they're not if they're generally good people, are we are we not suggesting that they should not be bought bought out then? Oh no, I think like only I, bad people I am get bought out, right? Person. I think all these people are great people. I think PK Subban is a great ambassador to the league and has a great future in the media if he chooses to go down that path. You can't say that about everyone. All right, like of all the players, I think he's at least top three in the most personable, you know, actual personality players compared to we uh, we uh, dumped the pucks in deep. And uh, we chased, and uh, we won a lot of 50-50 battles tonight. Uh, boys played well, and um, yeah, we're glad for the win. We, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a process, and uh, we're excited to go and uh, make it to the playoffs. You're telling me that is exciting? I don't think so. <laughs> but I think PKZ might definitely, personality-wise, one of the most exciting players in the league, but not worth the $9 million. I mean, if we go back to the Carolina Hurricanes for a sec, Jake Gardner, 24 points. Jeffrey was saying, you know, what $4 million is that really worth it, right? For a guy like P.K. Subban making more than double for six less points. And I get it. There's a bit more of a defensive, I wouldn't say ability, but he's a bit better defensively than Jake Gardner. But is he worth the other $5 million? I don't think so, right? At the end of the day, I think he is probably getting bought out. I'm sure there is a market for a guy like P.K. Subban. Like, if he does get bought out, some will sign him. For me, there's no doubt, but it won't be at nine million dollars. When I think about it, and you look at the Devils' cap, like the salary cap, is there not another team that's better suited to have um, PK Subban's contract? I mean, there are, but like, how do I put this? There are, but no one is going to pay nine million dollars for him without the New Jersey Devils taking back giving up a significant asset. So why would the New Jersey Devils want to trade him if they have got to package it with him, package him with someone, you know, or some picks when you can just, you know. Well, I'm, I think it's more like, I think like New Jersey is the best team for Subban. Like contract wise, Subban fits perfectly with the Devils, right? Because they don't really have any long-term money, like, they don't have any lot of long term money signed besides like Nico Heeshier. Like when Subban's contract ends in 2021, 2022, there's only gonna be two guys signed past that. Nico Heeshier and um David Severson. I so, guess part of the argument is like, why would you wanna pay nine million dollars for him if you don't really have to? Well, I think Subban does other things. Like I hate hate to bring it back to him Me being like a leader, but like I look at him and I think, like I think Subban does a lot for the culture. In but New do Jersey. you really want to pay nine million dollars for an intangibles guy? But who else are you going to pay? Do they have they have a whole bunch of cap space right now? They're not really going to need that money anywhere until Jack Hughes. Well, you can probably is, um, sign some free agents, right? Yeah, but they're not going to be ready to compete by then. So it doesn't really matter. They they still they even have enough money to sign free agents right like next year i think they're projected to have like almost like 25 million dollars in cap space and who are they gonna really who, is there anyone that they really have to resign not I mean, really for me i think it's a lot of like depth guys they'd have to resign yeah and you could do that with 25 million dollars and I especially mean, you can. don't get me wrong you can but why i like if the only reason why you want to keep them is character intangibles i don't know if there's a value of that I, I just think, like, on a team like New Jersey, I think it just fits in perfectly, right? Like, his contract ends right as Jack Hughes' extension will come up. Oh, yeah. I like, think the well-put-in cap is a consideration. Like, this is – we yeah, thought about this. I don't think it's – that. like, I don't think it's detrimental. That's, like, I get it's not. it's a lot of money. It's, it's going to be, like, for another two years. So, maybe it's considered buying out. But to me, New Jersey, it's one of those, like, does New Jersey have to buy out? Oh, Subban? they don't have to. And not only any team really has to, except for maybe Chicago has to buy, put buyouts out, right? Like, if we looked at, you know, we looked at the Islanders, they don't have to buy out Andrew Ladd. It's just, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to. It's the same thing here. I don't think they have to buy out P.K. Subban. Like, it's not the end of the world they don't buy it out. But it's just like, eh, 
not a bad consideration. Well, I I think you look at a guy like Corey Schneider first, right? Well, yeah, he's going to be my second person. Yeah, so I I think Schneider is your first pick, and if you need to use a second buyout, then you look at Subban. But realistically, I don't think Subban is necessarily a guy that you like have to buy out now. And I wonder, like, with optics as well, right? Like, they just traded for Subban, like, hoping that they would be competitive, and now that they're not, I think it's it would suck to have to buy him out now. So I, I think like they're not they're not in a need to buy out anyone. I think Schneider does enough for them for if they really were worried about the salary cap. But I don't think they are worried worried too much worried about the salary cap. I think they're more worried about development right now. Are you so, seriously giving me crap about optics after you were like, let me just buy out Jake Gardner after the first year of his contract? No, but I'm saying like, like I think there's uh, there's this other is coming options, from you right? where you're like. Should they consider buying out Henrik Lundqvist? Optics, really? From okay, but get off my honest, horse. <laughs> we're, we're talking about like teams that need to do buyouts, right? Like with Lundqvist, right? It was more of like they can't start going to the season with three goalies again. In New Jersey, here, right? They really don't need to like worry about their salaries cap. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think. I, mean, I guess I don't think most teams really, really need to do it. But if they like, want to improve their team and resign players, I think almost every team needs to have at least like one buyout, especially if the cap goes down. Yeah. So like, everyone's but like, then wouldn't you say that? Sorry to cut you off there, but like, wouldn't that mean that like it makes sense to do it? Like, you want to improve? I feel like you can improve your team with the nine million dollars that you're paying PK Subban. No, you can, but New Jersey's not in that stage where they're ready to start improving. Yeah, but you know, I feel like they're in the stage where they're starting getting ready to improve, right? Like they're starting to put in the work. They're at least like a year or two away before we'll see them on the upswing. And to me, I think that just coincides with Subban's contract. Maybe Subban's the type of guy that you know you retain half on the last year of his contract and send him to a contender at a trade deadline deal. But I don't think right now he's I, – I think he – like New Jersey doesn't have a need to buy out players. And if they did, they could just do Corey Schneider for now. I don't think Subban is like 100% they need to get him, rid of him. Um, yeah, I could say – you could agree you don't have to get rid of him. I'm saying that I think there definitely is a major benefit of buying him out. Yeah, that's true, right? Like, the more money you have, you can use it in the way that you want to, especially now with his new ne- new management. But uh, I just don't see Subban really getting brought out. I think he's, like you said, he's too much of an ambassador. He's a good guy, so you can't buy out good guys. Right, Alson? <sighs> <laughs> okay, let, let's move on. Let's move on. I think uh, we, we spent enough on Subban here, but... Let's let's head head over to Pennsylvania, shall we? Um, the Flyers. They look like they're you know coming on, looking pretty good, in before the NHL closed. But you know they they do have a couple of contracts where we're like, eh, those ones don't look so great. Uh the Flyers. I think. How do I put this? For me, this is a conversation. I'm wondering if they have this conversation. You know, we talked about a lot of conversations. Is there a conversation for JVR? Yes. You think there's a conversation? What do you think? Is it, does it go far the conversation? Or just like a, eh, what do you think? Eh. Eh. Um, to me, it's like... I don't, like how like, in-depth is your conversation? Is it a, like a 10-minute JVR? Or is it like a you know, couple of days, let's think about it, and regroup a couple of days? Or is it like a... Or is it like the same level as like if obviously this is an exaggeration, obviously, right? So just if like the abs were like, let's buy out Nathan McKinnon, right? Like you know that's not happening. But like, is that how long is that conversation that they're having? I think it's in the mix. Like it's a couple of days talk. I yeah. like he's still producing, but I think he's too much of a one-dimensional player to be paid seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. He had a great. Like contract year season with the Leafs, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who, you know, he'll be on your top power play unit, but 
like five on five, he'll give you what, maybe 12, 13 minutes a night in shelter in a sheltered role. Like to me, I think with Philadelphia, they have so many of these forward prospects, right? Like I, I kind of look at it and see like, is JVR really necessary in this team at $7 million and being a one dimensional player, it's hard to say that he's going to maintain that skill for the rest of his contract. So I am a little hesitant on JVR for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so my two picks actually don't include JVR. I think one of them is a bit of a controversial pick. Do so you want to hear the controversial pick first? or? Well, I'm sure they're both controversial. So let's just hear one. Let's hear one first. Let's go with the more controversial one first then. Okay. I think he may he might have to consider buying a ghost bear. Scottish bear. Uh, I think, I think you have to have that conversation. Like, if you look at it, like how he's done, I know it's like 4.5 million where it's not as bad, but he's got 12 points this year. And I think he's a good buy low candidate. I don't think he's a good buy out candidate. I, but if you like, how do I put this? Yes, he had one amazing year with 65 points. But I think that was more of an anomaly. I think he probably wrote 35 points and about a minus 15 to 16. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I think he's a little bit better than that. But I think with his just entering his prime, I think he's a guy that you look at. If we put him in the right situation, he could be closer to that 65-point guy than this currently, you know, Needs to be sheltered, um, can't do anything in defensive end type of defenseman. I think there's teams that will be sniffing around and be like, hey, like we can give you at least something in return. So I think the Flyers would probably get like something in return than just buying him out. But I do think like his numbers in Philadelphia are. Mm, they're, they're numbered. His his days in Philadelphia are numbered. Like, I would say he's already playing shelter minutes. He's played shelter minutes his entire career. I would even argue. In the yeah, NHL. but I think he needs more. Like, like for him to succeed, he needs to be put in the right situation. And I think what is the right situation from though? To be honest, I don't know. Like, I I think there's going to be a team that believes that they can be the ones to unlock the Shane Gosh spare of two, three years past, but I think that right now that, like, it is 4.5, you're right, it's not a lot of money. He is entering his prime, so I think there's teams that, you know, they might look to, you know, maybe buy low on him, but I think if Philadelphia were to buy him out, I think there'd be a lot of interest, and I think Philadelphia would hate themselves that they couldn't get something back for him. Yeah, I, I, I I don't argue with that thing. There is some sort of market for him, and it wouldn't surprise me if instead of buying him, they did trade him. The other player where I'm thinking, mm, I don't know about this one. I know you're big on like, it's his first year of the deal. but Well, that's you. That's you. You oh, and Jake Gardner. Are like yeah, that. and I'm going to be a hypocrite as well but at the same time and be like, Kevin Hayes. <laughs> Has he been that bad this season? He's had 41 points in 69 games. Like it's not terrible, but seven million. <laughs> I get it. He signed his contract in his prime, which is like not very frequent nowadays um, as a UFA. So that's why he got paid so much. But at the same time, I I I, just, I can't man. Like it's just it's just too much money for it, man. I don't think he's been terrible per se, right? Like obviously he's producing offensively, which. I assume you're you're hoping for at least, right? Um, but you know, if you if you look at it, I don't know. For me, I, I, I can't do it, man. Like maybe it would like you his, say it's like a competition between Hayes and JVR as that next? I think I think yeah. For me, controversially, I think the number one guy you consider buying out is Ghost Bear, and between number two, it's these two guys. Controversially, I know. Controversially. Well, I think Hayes, like, yes, he is overpaid. I think because he was the number one center of the last year's free agent market that 
like he got overpaid. That's why he got overpaid. But I think he provides more value than just his point totals. I think he's he's a solid second line center. But do you really want to pay your second line center seven million though? No, but for a guy entering his prime and for Philadelphia that was trying to start competing, I think they had to do it. Well, they thought they needed to improve their center depth, and that's why they went went out and got Kevin Hayes. Like, I would be more inclined to move on from a guy like JVR instead of Kevin Hayes, though. So, like, Hayes would be, like, my 2B for yeah. buyouts. I, well, actually, no. I, I don't think Gosh Spare would be bought out. I think he'd be traded for pennies on the dollar. But I think Kevin Hayes, he provides enough value to me on Philly that I don't see him being bought out necessarily, even though his contract isn't great. Like, he, he's definitely been better since they, the news first came out when he signed a contract when everyone's hating on it. Like, he's at least provide more value than people thought, but it's still not, like, he still hasn't matched his contract yet. Yeah, and uh, for me, I think it's just those two guys. Um, so from one controversial discussion onto another one, the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is going to be controversial. You don't want to stay in Pennsylvania? Well, I'm going to make it more controversial first, I guess. Okay. Alex Wenberg, 25 years old, three more years at 4.9. My concern with him is his development. I think his injuries have really plateaued his development. And I would argue for the second one being Ryan Murray. Again, I'm concerned his – how do I put this? I think, he, again, another concern is has he plateaued in development because of durability concerns. I know there's just one more year left, so I know I'm not as set on the Ryan Murray one. But for me, like when we look at Alex Wenberg, three more years, you can kind of make it a given at this point. I feel like that he's going to be hurt at some point. Um, and those injuries have unfortunately affected his development. Right? Like if you look at it, this year he's played 57 games. Um Last year, he played 75, before that, 66. And then he played an 80-game season, which is great. I think that's definitely good for his development. But then 68 and 69 games, respectively. I don't know, man. It's I'm concerned about the the, the durability. Mm, like, you're going to expect that you're going to get maybe 65 to 70 games tops. No, I agree with you on that. I think unfort- it would be unfortunate for Ryan Murray, but... I like I look at it and I'm thinking, do you look at some other guys ahead of Ryan Murray? Like I agree with you for Wenberg for sure. And given that he's 25, I think there's that rule that like because he's like technically an RFA, like instead of paying for like two thirds of the contract, you, the team only has to pay for one third or something. So like yeah. there's a lot of savings that way. So like I agree with you, Wenberg is definitely a guy that. I think it's probably me, going to be part of. Yeah, Ryan Murray is not the one I'm really set on because it is just one year. But, you know, besides that 82 game season, he's never played more than 66 games a season, which is concerning. Um, I mean, it was great to see that, you know, he played 56 games and had a career point, career high in points. But then I, you see this year, and it just kind of feels like a regression type of thing. And I get it. You know, it's a one-year deal. Where, so for me, it's like I'm not really set on making sure we buy him out because, again, it, it's just one year. It's really not the end of the world. Um, but if you look at the rest of the league here, the rest of the team here, there's not really much. I don't know who I'd really buy out. And you can argue that I think you could probably get Ryan Murray for so, – trade him for a draft pick at least, right? Like the reason why I say draft pick is if you look at – Columbus, they've traded a lot of the draft picks the last couple of years and in the future too. So it's just like maybe you want to recoup some of those picks. Ryan Murray has value, especially when he plays. It's the concern is like, does he play though? Yeah. And to be honest, I think there is maybe a more, not injury prone player, but a guy who didn't even play this season that you would buy out first. Brandon Dubinsky. I think he would be my pick over Ryan Murray. Yeah. In the sense that he has had a wrist injury this entire season, has yet to play a game. 
it looks like it's not like it, it's not like a simple wrist injury. It looks like it's a long term injury, like a chronic type of injury. So I know he has only one year left too, like Ryan Murray, but he seems like a guy that might be, you know, that might need to be moved on from. But what if you Roby Dot Island him? Uh, you could, but I don't know. Like, is the contract insured? Is it not insured? Do you still have to pay him? Right? So, I think you look at that maybe. But, like, Dubinsky hasn't even gone on to LTIR. He was just on IR, just just a standard IR. So, yeah. Like, I think with Columbus, I think, yeah, you could do that. But he could come back next season still. And I think on a team with, like, they've got a lot of, like, I don't want to say they have any, like, necessarily stars in Columbus at the forward position, but they've got a lot of those, mm-hmm. like, second, third-line guys that I think Tubinski would just be an extra guy that they really don't need. Like, he played a lot of, like, fourth-line, I find, and a lot of depth minutes, so I think it's hard to justify paying someone almost $6 million to play in their bottom six. So, yeah. And can we talk about Columbus and, like, they didn't... I wouldn't say they made the news a lot this week, but probably like a couple of curious things, like with the Grigorenko thing, where they forgot, they didn't file it so that it was for July first. They filed it for now, and then the NHL to terminate the contract, and then they signed their two goalies to contract extensions. And I look at it, I'm like, there is a expansion draft happening soon, so you're you signed two guys, and are you just gonna like? protect one over the other or go make another deal like what's going on in columbus i think they make another deal right like they definitely just make another deal well the last time they made a deal they gave vegas william carlson and a first round pick i don't know i still feel like they make a deal I, yeah i agree but like I'm, i look at columbus and maybe maybe it's we we don't haven't seen their plan or we haven't looked into it too much but i'm just like you you mess up with the gregorenko thing and then now like you know, Elvis, you give him $4 million for two years after, you know, won his first season in the NHL and he looked good. To me, that's a that's a bit of a risk to me. And and then you also sign Corpus Salo to an extension. It's like, maybe, I, maybe I, we don't know the full picture in Columbus. Like, they, I don't know. Maybe Corpus Salo is, they're okay with him losing him at the expansion draft. I don't know. But I just found Columbus had a... A weird news week, I would say. Yeah, no, they, I feel like they definitely are. I think they're definitely angling for a, a deal. Like, if you look at their goaltending situation, how they signed both guys, for me alone, that that's a big sign that they're just angling for a deal. Then they're okay with that. Yeah, uh, I guess, I guess. But just don't give uh, Seattle the next William Carlson and look terrible again in an expansion deal like that. Oh, yeah, like I... But like I, I don't think they're gonna. I how do I put this? I think the prices are gonna go down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think Vegas had um, people were got too scared, and Vegas took advantage of it. And the second go around, teams will be smarter with what they're willing to give up as expansion draft considerations. Yeah. And we'll talk. I think we'll talk about it soon. Kind of just revisiting the Vegas draft, just with the expansion draft coming up in Seattle. I think it's still too hard. Like, I mean, we don't even know when the season is going to end, so I still think it's too hard to actually come up with like a expand, like a mock expansion draft. But I think we can revisit the Vegas draft in a couple of episodes soon, and just kind of talk going back and looking at the expansion draft there. Mm-hmm. All right, can we go back to uh, Pennsylvania? Have you? Have we done enough of a controversial take in Columbus? All right, let's go back to Pennsylvania. Let's go to Pittsburgh, shall we? Yeah, because that's the... Uh, I can't even think. Was there... Have you been watching the... I'll t- we'll talk about it later, but have you seen those the NHL like hat-trick trivia challenge? No, I don't care enough. <laughs> oh. You traumatized me about I'll... NHL trivia, Jeffrey. I know. I'll tell you. This they. I don't think they've had a Kings fan. So I was gonna suggest you should uh, go apply. Embarrass it even more. No, but you know you can win a NHL hat. You can win an NHL jersey, 
And if you're really lucky, you can win uh, two tickets to an NHL game. In Winnipeg? I think it's or you do LA if you want, but you just have to get there. But you could do like you can get like two tickets to like a Winnipeg LA game. I don't know. You, I think you should apply because I don't think I haven't seen a Kings fan yet, and you know, I, I think you could do well if you really know your stuff. I don't. Okay, but let's go back to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, they. I, I, can we just say it's Jack Johnson is finally done? Like, can we finally get rid of? Yeah, that so for me, it's yeah, Jack Johnson. And um, the other one, I, it's a legacy guy, so I think it's a conversation they have that they don't actually act on. Um, what, Sidney Crosby? No, Chris Letang. So he's been productive this year, I get it. But his so short-term durability is all there, so I, that's not where I'm concerned at. It's the long-term durability of a guy like Chris Letang. Uh, so I don't think they. I don't think they have more than a passing conversation, but I think they at least have a conversation. Maybe I think, but you brought up a point about Ropita Island. If we're always concerned about durability, it's not really a problem with the cap. It's more like if we're worried about older players now, it's more of like their decline in skill, right? Mm-hmm. So even if Chris Letang isn't playing all the time. He's only playing some of the time, but he's still being productive. Is it really that bad that we need to buy him out? I don't. I so again, I don't think there's more of a a passing conversation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. But so. the other person I'm I'm considering is I know again you're not a big fan of taking it from the same position and all that fun stuff. Well, when did I ever say that? Taking out a second left defenseman, and I'm thinking. I didn't. I never said that before, have I? I think you have. Um, I think there's it's a conversation to be had, but for considering a buyout, Brian Dumoulin. Uh I disagree with that one for sure. Yeah, I think I'm not a hundred percent on that one either. But it's like if you need a second guy, I think that's your second guy right there. I don't see them buying out as a second guy. I, I see it as more likely you could see a, a team, kind of like you said last week. Offering to compliance buyout guys for if they don't have a second guy, where it's like, hey, Chicago, you want a third guy to buy out? Sure, give us a third round pick or give us a second round pick and that player for seventh, and we'll buy him out for you. How about like Dumoulin and Latang have been the top pairing in Pittsburgh, and I think that's like you can always replace a guy who just is the defensive guy on the Latang pairing, but. And I do get he has three more years on his contract. Do you look at a guy like Bukestad instead, who is on a shorter term contract, but you know he has, like, you took a stab at him. He has been unhealthy. He hasn't really done anything. Do you look to buy out that contract instead? How do... At $4 million, I think you can have that conversation without a doubt. I'm wondering if there's a team out there who's willing to put maybe a fifth round pick for him, though. For a Bugstaff or a guy who can't play 20 games in a row? I, I'm a little <sighs> hesitant with that, I think. But, like, yes, he, he, he struggled this year with his health. But then two years ago, he played all 82 games. And last year, he played, he played 64 and playoffs. Four games, whatever. But uh, played 64. Like, I think you can probably get. 60 games out of a year, 65 games out of a year. Um, like, he, they're not really retaining it. They're not retaining anyone, right? So I'm wondering if someone is willing to take a stab at it for, for, like, for him, if the Pens are willing to retain a significant amount. Like, how do I put this? Maybe a fourth-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick. Package that up with their third-round pick pick up a second round pick they don't have the first or second this year right like i get it they're not in a specific area where they really need to figure out and go hey like we really need these picks right now right like i know they're not really dying for picks but they don't have a first or second yeah no i agree i think he is a tantalizing one-year project and see where he fits i mean yeah like if you got top state for next year Right, yeah, Captain yeah, like, Nash year just for like three million dollars. Look, doesn't go well, doesn't go well, whatever. Right, it's a one year thing. I think there is a bit more value. That's why I've been so hesitant to be like 
guys with expiring deals next year to put them in this list because I think there is at least a team or two that will be like, screw it, yo, it's one year. Doesn't work, doesn't work. Yeah, and I, I think it's more of like when we're looking at those one-year guys, it's more um, like that team needs to resign a couple of players that you know are important to their team, and that's why they need to make up the space for next year right away. And that's why they need to, you know, buy up maybe guys with one year left on the contract. But I do agree with you. I think Bukestad could be a guy. Like, you, I think Pittsburgh would have to retain, but you don't get many six foot six right handed centermen in the NHL, right? Yeah. So he's still got that first round pedigree. He looks like he's got the physical skills. He just hasn't been able to, like, he hasn't had, like, a steady, like, length of time playing that, you know, Let's him like develop. So I'm yeah. hesitant. On, I agree with you. I'm hesitant on the Dumoulin, Bukestad. Maybe you look at doing trades, but I think we're both in agreement. Jack Johnson's a simple buyout. No, I think that's right. Um, so uh, yeah, I think Latang, you have a conversation. I, I'm going to act on it, but I, I, the conversation is that's all you're having. Um, and with that being said, there is one more team left. Our last team for compliance buyouts. Yeah, and this one, this team, I found it really hard to find two players. Actually, this one, the Washington Capitals. So for me, the one guy that I was like, ah, I could see really them buying out, Nick Jensen, two and a half million for three more years, gets ten points a season. <laughs> you should never be, you should never really be giving out more than one year deals. Like, players should get ten points a season, right? <laughs> I I think he plays a role in the team. But that rule's not worth two and a half million on a long-term deal. Not anymore. Maybe if there wasn't the like a, a I don't want to call it a lockout, but the shutdown of the league, I think he would have been worth it, like for a team that you know is looking to contend. But I think now in the current setting, I think Nick Jensen at two point five for the next three years is not worth it. Yeah. So I think for me, and that one's. A- the easier one. The other one I was trying to really trying to figure out what we want to do here is uh, a player who's actually from the North Pole. How cool is that, Jeffrey? That's rare. I don't think there's not maybe there's only one player ever from from the North Pole. Yeah, North Pole, Alaska, United States. Um, and it's not a terrible deal. It really isn't. The player makes one point one million, so you really could bury him if you want to. But I really can figure out what we want to do here. Two more years left. Um, Phoenix Copley. Copley. Does he not just back up Samson off next year, though? Here's the thing, though. I, if I'm the Capitals, would I not want someone who's a bit more proven to back off Samson off just in case? Because, like, put it this way. Like, if Samson's doing so well, do you really want to put your Stanley Cup hopes while you're in your window with Phoenix Copley? No. Yeah. No, you're right. So, but I would you sign like a backup and free agency or trade for like a legit yeah. I, I think you you look externally definitely, but because my point is like this isn't a team that's like for example in the bubble, right? That's a different situation. But mm-hmm. a guy, but if you're in your full like window here, you don't really want to waste a year trying to figure this out, right? Like your what your window is like what five years. Yeah, and like you want a cup already, which makes it easier to swallow. But I think you know what I mean, right? Like, I think most of us just know what I mean too, in the sense like, hey, it's it's different when you're in your when you're in your window, and if, if you decide you want to leave, have Braden Hopi leave, then you better damn well have a good succession plan there. No, yeah, I, I think. Like, I don't know if Halak wants to go back to Washington, but uh, that's, like, the type of backup I think you'd look at. Like, yeah. someone who has starter experience that can play, like, 40 games, 50 games if he needs to in case Simpson not falters, but who's also comfortable playing that backup role. But I, I do – I think Phoenix Copley is a he, – he, like – It's really not him. a – yeah, it's really not a big deal. You really could just bury him. Right? Like, yeah. It's really and, not like, in the role. No, and Washington's got so much money tied up already. Like, all the guys that they've tied up to money, they are on, I would say, reasonable contracts. Yeah. Um, 
they're definitely a team that's going to need to maybe look at making a deal for the expansion draft, maybe. But, um, yeah, like, realistically, like, I don't really see them in too much cap trouble that they need to move one of their more, like, solid depth players to make up cap space. Unless they're, like, hell-bent on bringing back Holtby, which I don't think they are. So, I think Phoenix Copley doesn't do enough for them to buy him out. Like, I think you keep yeah. married. You're fine with that. But, like, if you've got no one else, like, I would say you at least consider that, right? Like, you, if you really don't have one else, I, but, but I think you, you don't make that much savings, though, right? It's yeah, but, like, $5,000. I guess. Yeah, I guess. You can have, yeah, I guess, uh, no, I think you're right. Um, so, since speaking of that, do you think, do you think the Capitals consider bringing a guy like Thomas Grice in? Or do you think they go a bit more. Fancy and pick up a guy like Robin Leonard. Uh, I, I think Robin Leonard would be like I don't think I think they're gonna look for more of a one B, solid backup type of guy. I think Leonard is maybe outside of their price range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. Like I don't uh, know if Halak is. Do you consider Halak like? Here's the thing: is like, Halak seems like a very like pretty like solid option given his last couple of years in Boston. Like he's put up good numbers. He's played like like last year, right? Him and Ras basically split time almost. Yeah, and keeping like I think Halak is probably the best option, and he's not going to cost too much. Um. Grice, I would be a little hesitant on, maybe. Like, he's played well, but I think Halak would probably be my best option just given, like, he has the proven record of being a full-time starter. Plus, he's had successful years as a backup. He's been in Washington, albeit he didn't have, like, a great run in Washington. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he had a he had an okay run. He just, they just couldn't make it to yeah. the playoffs, right? But, like, to me, I think... You, you you maybe look at it you you might not but I I don't think Holt beats back. Yeah, you know who's surprisingly done very well this year, gone under the radar I think a bit. Who? And is a free agent next year, Anton Kudobin. I thirty games. I'm actually not too surprised about that actually. Thirty games. Two twenty two yeah. goals against, nine thirty save percentage. Isn't Dallas like top two in defense, like goals allowed this year or something? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's they've built a very strong defense, but still, like two twenty two goals against. Jeez. Yeah, I think like Kudobin and Halak are that similar. Well, Kudobin doesn't have that starter experience, but he has that experience of being the backup for like thirty something games. That I think Kudobin might charge more than Halak, though. I think Kudobin might. Try to parlay this to a two-year, seven-ish million-dollar deal. Um, I think honestly, with free agency this year, I think if you're a depth player or a back, like a backup goalie type of player, you're not going to get paid well. But you think after it. this season, he can, he tries to at least like position himself as a one B goalie, not a backup goalie, right? Like. I know it's a smaller sample size, but he did play 30 games. Right? This isn't like 15 games. It's 30 games, 9.30. I think if he, would, he, would, he or his agent would argue, if I played 40 games this year, I'd say maybe like a two, 2.3 goals against and then 9.25 goals save percentage. And I think that's at least a 1B like for, in, in that argument, right? Like, you at least you think they would at least try to angle for that instead of a backup goalie role, right? Like I think ultimately he may end up as a backup goalie role, but he's at least going to try to position himself as a one B, right? Yeah, like you'll angle it. Like I think you can angle for it, but how many positions are available, right? There's only sixty two goalies that can play, have a, can have a roster spot. How many teams need to? Have yeah, I think a he definitely gets a he well. I think, right, like, I, well, he would, you could position, he would position as like, hey, playoff team, let me be a 1B so you can save your 1A for the playoffs. Yeah. And I think at that point, 
if we don't really know what how the cap's going to look. I wonder if teams are going to be more hesitant to look at those 1Bs and look for more true backup to make savings and then look at like working under actual like forwards and defenders like that roster. Like I think it's it's going to be interesting for agents to see for sure, but I can see kind of like the NBA um free agency. I can't remember it was it last year or the year before where a lot of depth guys got screwed because all the star players got paid a lot of money a couple years before that. So then a lot of teams didn't have any money to spend on their depth guys. And a lot of depth guys ended up having to sign for like um, mid-level exceptions, um, like minim- minimum contracts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't, we, it's still too, too early to really know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think, with that being said, I think that we kind of went off topic as per our style. And this is probably like a nice little place for us to uh, finish this off. Jeffrey, what do you think? A month-long experiment? A ex- month-long exercise? Yeah, I think it was, a, it was a good exercise. I think that, I mean, this is all speculation, but I think it's a good idea to kind of like, it gives us, gives you, gives us the time and gives us listeners just like a chance to like, dive into a team's calorie sap, uh, salary cap situation and kind of really see, like, where do teams really stand going into free agency and going into next year? Yeah. But um, I kind of want to end off because I... <sighs> P.K. Subban, you know, good guy, ambassador, according to uh, Alston, is doing that hat-trick trivia with the NHL. And I really want Alston to, like, you know apply to go on that show so we can maybe he can win two tickets and uh we can go watch like a winnipeg toronto game well jeffrey just assuming that i'd give my ticket the extra ticket to you well you know i would think being a good friend of you and a co-host of this wow like if i were to apply and i got the tickets you know you would be near the top of my list of people that i would invite to go So the difference is if I win, I would give them to you. And if you want it, I would consider giving it to you. No, well, you know, you'll be at the top of my list for sure. But I think it's important to see where Alston's at. And, you know, watching those trivia games, I was just like, oh my God, some of them were, they weren't so great. So I think, let, I think we should just give a trial just to make sure does also make the cut for even these basic questions that oh just three questions <laughs> it was the first guest that they had on and if you can answer these three questions I think also if you can do these three questions then you should definitely apply because you have a good chance of not embarrassing yourself on um, the 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 whatever game show they're called it's really quick down the throat again no, it's not twenty and twenty because that's apparently you you didn't like that, but it's easy, okay? It's it's all based on Pat Maroon. This was the first guest they had. Easy. All right, let's do it. When Pat Maroon won the Stanley Cup, so sorry. Question number one: When Pat Maroon won the Stanley Cup as a member of the Blues in twenty nineteen, what was his jersey number? Easy. I don't know. Fifty two. <laughs> You can hear Jeffrey dying inside. Okay. Second question. <laughs> Which NHL team selected Pat Maroon in the sixth round? Number 161 in the 2007 NHL draft. Like who drafted him? Yeah. Um, I would like to say the Edmonton Oilers, but I, don't, I know that's not correct. I think it's some random team. Oh, 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 I remember this. I remember looking this up. I remember re- looking at his Wikipedia page before I'm being like, what the fuck? Philadelphia Flyers. Hey, so you, if you answered the first question correctly, where he awarded number seven last year when he won the state. Yeah, I don't know why it's not 52 for some reason. <laughs> you could have you could have won a, jer- a hat and a jersey. And Ooh. if you can answer this question, you could have won, you could win two tickets to any NHL game. So the question is, Name the four other NHL teams that Pat Maroon has also played for. Four other ones? So not including what team? Uh, the St. Louis Blues, because we already know okay. that he... Um, the Oilers? Yes. The Lightning? Yes. The Ducks? Yes. 
and one more team. I don't think he played for the Flyers. No, not one of the Flyers. I don't know the last team. The New Jersey Devils. Really? Yeah, he was a trade deadline pickup. Oh, that's why I don't remember it, I guess, because I just don't. Yeah, it, it was term. for a hot minute. But it shows Austin you have the op- you have some ability. So I think listeners DM Austin and encourage him to apply so that he can you know win a couple of tickets to an NHL game. And you you know you could win a cap, you could win an NHL jersey as well, right? I mean, some people don't even make it that far. I think Austin, you can at least make it to the jersey stage. Yikes! No, I I believe in you though. I I think you can do it, Austin. Alright. Did we embarrass you enough with this uh, trivia? I'm used to it at this point, I feel like. Okay. Anyway, uh, that kind of wraps up our episode. Thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, Austin, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, wash your hands. Love y'all. And sing. Were we singing for washing your hands? Find some other song that's not happy birthday. I think you'll drive everyone nuts if you just constantly inside just singing happy birthday. Well, you know, Austin, if you live by yourself, no one's going to hear you sing. So you're not going to drive anyone insane. I guess. And make sure you guys also sing happy birthday to Austin as well next week. We don't know which day because we're not letting people know. But just shoot him a DM, you know, happy birthday. And also to apply to the NHL hat trick challenge or trivia practice, whatever that thing is called. Thanks for listening to the Back Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.